Welcome, Harvest Church family, and thank you for joining us this week for our sermon podcast. We pray that you will be blessed and encouraged with the message prepared. And don't forget, if you enjoy taking notes, you can download the fillable PDF file on our website at goharvest.org forward slash notes. Right now, let's listen in to this week's message. Lord, we thank you right now for the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And now this morning, Lord God, we're going to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. I just pray, Lord, that your word will come alive, that we're going to receive new revelation from you, new insight from you. And I just pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hold your Bible high in the sky and say, this is my Bible, the living and powerful, proven word of God, a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path, God's holy word on which I stand. And having done all, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Whatever the word of God says I am, whatever the word of God says I have, whatever the word of God says I can do, say with me, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. You sound like a bunch of believers right now. Amen. You may be seated. There's also a, a set of notes that you received today, and they'll give you a good framework on the message. These notes today will be very helpful to you after you leave today. You'll be able to look back about what we talked about, but also look into the Word of God and be that much more built up in the Word, all right? So you can receive these here on campus, and also you can receive these at home online as well. Praise the Lord. Now, last week again was Pentecost Sunday and I talked about the infilling or the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that happened in the book of Acts. They were all gathered in that place and all of a sudden there came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. It filled the whole place where they, that, where they were. That wind has to do with the pneuma or the Spirit of God, the breath of God. They were all baptized in the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. Remember, it's the Holy Spirit is the one that does everything in your life. You'll depend on him. So after they were filled with the Holy Spirit, the church began. 3,000 people were baptized and added to that day. Talk about a big day. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread together and in homes together. But then the word began to go to work and the Spirit wasn't finished. It wasn't just for Acts chapter 2 just the birthing of the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit has gifts for each one of us. And sometimes when we talk about gifts, we'll think about the nine gifts of the Spirit. But let me just tell you here this morning, there's over 20 gifts of the Spirit, all right? We won't cover them all this morning, but there's over 20 gifts of the Spirit. We'll just talk right now about the nine gifts of the Spirit that we find in 1 Corinthians 12. We'll, We'll just go through those this morning. But before we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, I also want to just mention the fruit of the Spirit. Say with me this morning, the fruit of the Spirit. You've heard of the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. They're both nine, but they're two different things. You also start producing the fruit of the Spirit in your life, and it'll come quite naturally. You don't have to try to get the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit is what comes out of your life quite naturally. How do you know that when you plant an apple tree or a pear tree or whatever, you can't make the pear grow? You just let the seed go to work, goes into the ground, it grows up, and it quite naturally produces the fruit it was made to produce. So if you have the Spirit in your life, the Spirit is that seed. The Spirit is what's going to produce good fruit in your life. Let me just prove it to you this way just right out front. How many of you would say that since becoming a believer and since asking the Lord for the Holy Spirit in your life, God is changing you and some good things are coming out of your life. Amen? Some bad things are going away and some good things are coming in. Can I get a witness? Amen? So 
that's the fruit of the Spirit working in your life. Now, here's what we deal with in our lives. We have the works of the flesh, but then we also have the work of the Spirit in our life. So we have the works of the flesh, but we have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives at work as well. So the works of the flesh are evident. How many of you have ever had the flesh kind of creep up on you? I call it flesh creep. And... Uh, Back in the day, way back in the 50s, before most of you were born, and me too, I was born way late, but they used to have the incredible blob that would come into town. It was the green blob that would come into town and cover the whole city up, and there was a creeping big blob that would come into town. And, you know, they had the monster movies and all that stuff, but the, the blob would come into town. It would creep in there, the, 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 the incredible creeping blob, I'll call it. And, and that's the same way with sin in our life, the flesh can just creep up on you. And it's the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit in your life. How many of you would say, I want more fruit of the Spirit and less work of the flesh, right? So Paul says this in Galatians, and I'll just put it up on the screen. Now, the works of the flesh are evident. We know that they're there. And, and then he gives a list right here. Get ready for the list. Which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, not adultery, but idolatry, uh, has to do with worshiping idols, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, um, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelries, which is like wild parties with alcohol and all that, and the like, all these kinds of things. He names these all off. And then he says this, of which I tell you beforehand, just have also told you in times past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to go to heaven. I think I do know about you. I want to go to heaven. How many of you would rather go to heaven than go to hell, right? And, and so I want, to, I want to inherit the kingdom of heaven. But now Paul is talking to the church and to the Galatians, and he's, saying, he, he, he's talking about people that have just been steeped in all kinds of sin. If you went to the Galatia, if you went to Corinth, you're talking about the gospel has now come to cities that were very corrupt before the gospel came in. And all of the culture then was a culture that was just sinning. They were just doing bags full of sin. And, 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 and he's saying, this is where you were, but this is where we're going to go. You were caught up in all of this other junk, but now you're going to be filled with the fruit of the Spirit. Now, when I read the list that I just read to you, how many of that was pretty negative and pretty destructive, right? But he said this, uh, he goes, but the fruit of the Spirit. He said, we just talked about the works of the flesh. That's where we were. That's what this culture is all about. It's like Paul coming into a, a town that's just steeped in sin, and he says, now things are going to change because we have a different ruler on the throne. It's not the devil anymore, but God is the one that's ruling in our life. And he says, so it, it goes from negative to positive. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's where we're headed. Now, how do you know that instead of being negative, notice how peaceful and less stressed out you feel when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Can I get a witness? say, man? Everything is better in the Spirit realm. And we need everyone to be walking in the Spirit more now than we ever have in our lives. We need to be people who walk in the Spirit and live in the Spirit and move in the Spirit and have gifts of the Spirit in our life because if we don't, nobody out there is, is having them right now. In other words, they can get them when they get Christ and when they get the Holy Spirit, but we have 
access to them now, right now, because we're believers in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Early last Wednesday morning here in California, in San Jose, early in the morning, a man came back to work after he'd been reprimanded and written up. He came back to the office with three guns on him and and about a dozen clips ready to shoot. And he began to shoot his colleagues and began to shoot people all around him. He unloaded 39 rounds, as you heard in the news. And then the police, thank God for the police, the police apprehended him. And, they, and when they were apprehending him, he took his own life. But he'd already taken 10 lives before he took his own life. And so uh, he was filled with hatred and bitterness and anger. And these destructive emotions got the best of him. And, and, and then he ended up because of the, the Bible says when the root of bitterness takes place, he says that many, if, if you allow the root of bitterness to take root in your life, many other people around you will be defiled. How do you know that that's how the devil works? He comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. So uh, uh, once again, we have a mass shooting, and this one here in California, believe it or not, this was the 61st mass shooting uh, in the month of May. Not this whole year. This was the 61st mass shooting just in the month of May. How many of you say we need help in California and we need help in our nation? And I'm saying this, this, it's not the shootings and all of that come from the depraved nature of the flesh. It comes from the pit of hell. In fact, the governor spoke on that day when he heard the news. He did a news conference and he said, and I quote right now, I'm not cursing or anything, using any word in vain, but he said, he had said, what in hell is happening to California and what in hell is happening in in our world? At least he had the right, he had the location correct. You know what I'm saying? Because this did not come from heaven. This came from hell. I'm just telling you, uh, this, this doesn't come from heaven. It comes from hell. And he was right about that. What changes anything as far as our state goes and what our nation goes? It has to do with the changing hearts of men that can only be changed by the Spirit of God. And, and so you plop Paul into Galatia, you plop him into Corinth, which was a very corrupt city. Corrupt, they would wear it like a badge of honor. You know, what happens in Corinth stays in Corinth. You know, that kind of a thing. It was a dirty city full of people that were steeped in sin, all kinds of sins that you couldn't even think up. And he said, but such were some of you, but God has redeemed you and put you on a new path, the path of the Spirit. So he's just coming in there working with what he's got, which just is a a culture of sinfulness. But he's saying this, here's how we're going to get out of this. It's going to be by Christ, first of all, coming to our life, then the Spirit of God coming into our lives, and things are going to be changed. We're going to leave all of that garbage behind and start walking a new life in the Spirit. So now... You get filled with the Holy Spirit. All this happened on the day of Pentecost and they were all gathered together and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in prayers and in breaking of bread and communion and the church grew daily such as should be saved. All of that, all that excitement going on. But with the infilling of the Holy Spirit, by the way, everyone, we talked about this last week. How do you get filled with the Holy Spirit? You ask God for the Spirit. Ask God for the Spirit. And if you ask Him for bread, He's not going to give you stone. Or if you ask Him for a good thing, He's not going to give you a serpent or a snake. He's good. If you give your own children good gifts, how much more will your Heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask for it? Amen? 
How many of you love blessing your own children with good gifts? Amen? And if you like doing that, you being evil, the Bible says, in other words, you, just a common person, a mortal person, would give good gifts to your children, how much more would your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask for it in the name of Jesus? So, praise God. What's going to change it is the gifts of the Spirit. Hallelujah. So there are gifts that I'd like to look at this morning. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1, and that's kind of where we'll be parked here, I'll just go through these gifts this morning uh, as quickly as I can and then kind of highlight them and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more, right? So let's look at the gifts of the Spirit. Say it with me this morning, the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, in this passage right here, we're talking about the nine gifts of the Spirit that we talk about lots of times. You'll hear them in, in church. But again, let me just say this again. The gifts of the Spirit are, there's over 20 of them, and they're all for serving others, that others might profit, that others might be lifted up and edified. Sometimes we think the gifts are all about us. That's even a mistake that I even had my own thinking, but really, the gifts are about others. It's, it, it, the reason why we talk about the gifts of the Spirit, why are they so important? Because they equip you to bless one another, serve one another, and give glory to God. Hallelujah. So let's start. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters. Hey, brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I don't want you to be ignorant, Paul says this. I don't want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and everyone, it's still the same God at work. This is really cool if you pick up on this. It's really a picture of the triune God. Different kinds of gifts. Say it with me this morning. Different gifts, but the same Spirit. Say it with me. Different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but the same God. So there you have Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in three verses right there. In other words, we have nine gifts, but one God. Can I get it with me, man? So now to each to each person, each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Good. Now, watch this. To each one, say it with me, that's me. I'm in each one. I'm in each one. To each person, the manifestation of the gift is given for what? For the common good, or I like what it says in the New King James Version, for the profit of all. So we have all of these gifts going on, members of the body, different giftings going on, but yet, they're all for the common good. So whatever gifting you have is for the common good. It's for the profit of all. So in other words, it's not just about you. It's about what your life, how it's going to impact the lives of others. It's for the common good and for the profit of all. How many are with me right now? Amen. Hallelujah. I've got a gift and you've got a gift, good, uh, gift that's going to be for the common good and for the profit of all. And so it says this. To one is given, through the Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another one, knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another one, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Because it says gifts now. Gifts of healing because there's different kinds of healings that need to take place. Gifts of healings. To another one, miracles, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits or discerning. That's discernment. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to the other one, interpretation of tongues. 
All of these, we've just named nine now right now, all of these are at work of one, the same spirit, and he distributes to each person severally as he will. In other words, we've got all of these gifts and there's over 20, but God will distribute these gifts severally as he wills, all right? Okay, so let's look at them very quickly, all right? You with me here this morning, all right? Um, first of all, in your notes, the gift of wisdom. Say it with me right now, wisdom. Wisdom is a wonderful gift because it helps you to make the right choices, especially if you're in leadership, choices that will be uh, according to God's will. If you're leading in any capacity in your job, you need wisdom. How many of you say, man, I need wisdom? Hallelujah. And the Bible says this, if you're short on wisdom, you can ask of God. In James, it says this, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask of God who gives generously to all without finding fault. God's not going to put you down for asking for wisdom. In fact, he loves it when you do. Secondly is the gift of knowledge. And the gift of knowledge is just having a comprehensive understanding of a spiritual issue or circumstance. So having the gift of knowledge, like wisdom, is the ability to apply knowledge in the correct way. A lot of people have knowledge, but they don't have the wisdom to go with it, right? They know a lot of facts, but they, you've got to have them both kind of tied together. You need knowledge, but then you need the wisdom to apply that knowledge. But get this this morning. The heart of the prudent, the Bible says, acquires knowledge, and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So in other words, if you're prudent, you're going to look for knowledge, and you're going to seek knowledge. Everyone this morning, there are so many things that we do in our lives that is just chewing gum for the brain. And sometimes we just, we get in the habit of doing the wrong things that really get us a very little gain in life, just net gain. And there is a place for entertainment. There is a place for just relaxing and, and listening to some things, but, but, but not, not a life of it. Learn something new every single day. Challenge your brain to something new. Read a book. Let me tell you this. The Bible is the greatest resource of knowledge that I know. Amen. Bar none. I've been reading it right now all of my life, but I've been reading it in earnest since I was, you know, 18, 19 years old. I mean, I can show you my Bibles in my, in my uh, office right now that are just from page to page ripped out. I can't even hardly open up, but they're underlined every single day. This is good. 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 Remember when you read your Bible like that? Man, this is so good. This is so good. This is so good. And I can say I've, I've read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I think I've read it at least, you know, close to 10 times from, from beginning to end uh, and, and read the whole thing. But every time I go, I get something brand new, a revelation from God like, man, I didn't see it before. I read it before, but I didn't see it before. But now I see it. That's knowledge. So the Bible says the heart of the prudent acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. In other words, acquire knowledge and seek knowledge and then coupled with wisdom. Now, listen, if everyone, if all you do is spend six hours a day on your phone and three uh, hours a day on Facebook, man, Facebook is just a dead end. I mean, take a peek at it, but don't live there. I mean, I love, I, I, I mean, I love just touching base maybe, but boy, I'll, you can find yourself wasting time. And then you, everybody looks better than you. Everybody feels better. Everyone's going places you're not going, and they're eating food that you don't even eat. It's like, and they take pictures of it so you can feel worse about it. <laughs> Have you ever had that experience where you're on Facebook and you go like, man, everybody's doing better than me. What's wrong with my life, you know? <laughs> and that's, by the way, and there's a movie coming out about it, but this is all being, being 
scientifically manipulated by algorithms, algorithms, okay? In other words, even what you respond to, things that you look at, how do those ads come? How did they know I wanted that shirt or that dress? Well, it's because you looked here and then it comes up other places. We are totally uh, under the spell, if you will, of the Facebook and all of the people that own it and all that blah, 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 blah. Okay, enough of that. I was saying, get knowledge in other places. In other words, don't waste your time spinning your wheels for something that will get you almost nowhere, all right? Sometimes you're like, okay, today I need 10 minutes of entertainment. Yes, but don't make the 10 minutes um, three hours, you know, all of that. Okay, another message down the line, we'll talk about that because you get these endorphins. Oh, I feel good now. I got liked. Praise God, you know. It only got like three times. What's wrong with me? Anyway, it never ends. Okay. The gift of knowledge, the gift of faith. Now, the gift of faith is the next one. Say it with me this morning. Faith. It's a great gift. Is We all have faith in God, but there's also a gift of faith that you can have that takes faith up to another level. It's the gift to trust God and inspire others to trust God no matter what the conditions. And there are people in this world in, 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 that you can say, I've got faith in God, but man, I just don't feel like I have the faith that I should have. But there are people that have faith like they have faith enough for two or three people. Have you run into them? It's like, praise God, you feeling down in the dumps, you feel like giving up, but they go like, no, we're going to pray right now, and God's going to deliver you from this lion's den, this mountain's going to be removed, and all of a sudden, they got you on their level of faith now, because they had the gift of faith. And, and there's that kind of a gift. There's certain people, how do you know that there's certain people who will pray you right into your grave? Well, we just pray that you'll be with this sick person right now, and as they transition to a new country, and well, someday we're all going to do that, but some of us aren't quite ready for that. I'd rather somebody, if I'm kind of sick, I'd say, Let, you know, I want to recover in the name of Jesus, and they're going to have faith for you. And lots of times, you don't have faith for yourself. Do you know, a lot of people say, if you had just had more faith, you'd have been saved. And I go, what a mean thing to say. I'll say to them, how much faith did Lazarus have? As far as I know, he didn't have any faith at all. He was dead, right, for four days. So he needed somebody else to have faith for him. And let me tell you what, there are people that you know that I'm talking about, they're limping along in life and they don't have faith because they're despondent or they run into a situation where they're just tired out, but they need someone with the gift of faith to come alongside of them and encourage them. <laughs> Praise God. Have you ever seen a dead battery that was helped by a pair of jumper cables from a, a battery that was fully charged? And when they're fully charged with faith, man, they jump the battery right there and then that other person's battery of faith goes up as well. That's a good illustration. I didn't have that one written down, but it works. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Uh, another version puts it this, this way. The faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Man, I'm, I'm, I, I receive it by faith. I have assurance by faith. I'm convicted that it's going to happen in the name of Jesus. Calling those things that be not as though they are in the name of Jesus. Praise God. When you start seeing things in the supernatural first, you'll begin to see it in the natural next. But you see it through the eyes of faith first, and then you'll see it into the natural. Praise God. I, you see yourself as out of debt. Thank you, Lord God. Even though my credit card bill is too high, I thank you, Lord God, that I'm becoming a good steward, and right now I receive a zero balance in the name of Jesus. I shouldn't even share this. It's not even right. But on credit scores, 
Well, I shouldn't say it's not right, but, but it sounds, it could sound wrong, but it happened. Because it, it's only happened to me once in my life, and it happened this last week. Because um, I didn't think it was even possible, because I, I'm careful with money, I try to be a good steward of money, and I try to keep my credit score, you know, where it needs to be, but I go like, I don't think you can even... You know, but this week, I got my first, in my life, a first perfect credit score, eight, 850. I got this week. If I had my phone here, I would show it to you right now because I didn't even believe it myself. It's always been around 830 or 840, but I, I said there's no way you can't get to the t- top, but what I'm saying is that, I, and I used to be really bad. I wouldn't even balance my checkbook when I was in college. I didn't quite know how to do it, so I'd change banks. <laughs> and then I'd start over again. I'm serious. I did that about four times. I just like, I'm not quite sure how to reconcile things here, and I just would change banks. And then I, I went through a season in my life early on where I, credit was too easy to get, and I got too far in debt. And I'll tell you what, when you're too far in debt, you are a slave to the lender. And God says this, I want you to borrow and not even ask back, but I don't want you to be walking as a slave to the But that takes faith to be able to say, God, I'm doing something wrong right now, but I have faith right now, Lord God, that you're going to help me, Lord God, to pay my bills in full and have good credit. And we do the same thing here at Harvest Church. We always pay everything on time, and we've done that now for a long, 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 long time. But it's by, because you have faith to do it. And this isn't even my notes, but I'm hoping it's helping somebody, Okay. Oh, faith. But uh, now, so it's the gift of faith. You had faith to receive Christ, but now you have, God, I pray for the gift of faith that I can encourage others, Lord God, to have greater faith. Are you following me on that? I can encourage others. In other words, I'm going to have a full battery of faith so that when I use the jumper cables off of my life for somebody who's just down, they can't even turn the engine over, but when I get around them and I'm going to pray, they're going to have greater faith when I leave. In the name of Jesus. That's our role. And then again, that's all about service again, everybody. It's serving others. It's, it says, this gift that I give you, all of these gifts that I give you are for the profit of all. They, they lift other people out. It's not even about us. It's about others. But it's such a wonderful thing to be used as a channel of God's blessing in another person's life. Can I get a witness here? Amen? Hallelujah. I, I, I got prompted by the Holy Spirit this morning. I need you to pray some, about something here at Harvest Church that I just need your help because lots of things come by my desk first and I, sometimes I don't share them. Um, nothing drastic or anything. Sometimes I just don't share them but or I wait to share them but they come to my desk first. But, but then I was going like, I just need some prayer uh, with a certain situation. So about a month and a half, two months ago, uh, we had uh, a member of our church um, just feel inclined and, and, uh, to, to give us a house. And they gave us a house. And they said, we're going to deed it to Harvest Church, and, and, which was a real blessing because one day I'd like to build a, um, a family life center on that side of the church where the modulars are. I had a two-story family life center for children and youth and all more meeting rooms, about 35,000 more square feet. And, and so, but it cost around... $5 million to do that. Um, and uh, right now, we have in savings at Harvest Church, we have in savings about, uh, after all the bills are paid and everything, we have about $3,300,000 in savings after all the bills are paid. About $3 million in savings. Because we don't spend as much as we send out. We, I'm just telling you that. We, but to missionaries, 
you know, we, that's, that's missions aside. We do missions too, full, you know, full tilt. But we also try to be good stewards so that we're not running on emergency. Um, and that's, that was all by faith too because I was always scraping the bottom of the barrel all the time when I first became a pastor. It was always like, we don't even have enough money to pay attention. <laughs> we didn't have enough money. You know, we had to have like a board meeting to buy a CD player. And I go like, well, like, we, this is not, I don't think this is how you want us to live. If you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, God says there'll be plenty in my house so that you can be blessed, but you can also be blessed to be a blessing. Um, a year ago, when we gave $100,000 to a college, to one of our Bible colleges, we didn't even have to receive an offering for that. Why? Because we just did what the Word said. We brought the tithes and the offerings in, and then we were able to bless people without any undue hardship. So I'm sharing this right now because, you know, a building project has not yet been approved by the board. Or We talked about it two years ago, though, but it has not officially been approved by the board, and then it'll have to go before the, the, the congregation. But we have it in our hearts that we'd like to see something like that happen. It'd be around $5 million right in that neck of the woods. And so this house that's been given to us is worth about $2.2 million and, and, and could sell for around one eight to between that range of one eight and 2.2. You narrow the field when you get a house that that's, that's that expensive. But it's paid in full, was given to us with a blessing and saying, here it is, and praise God, we have it now. But now uh, we were going to sell it, and we thought that it was going to sell a couple of weeks ago, but then the buyer just kind of went sideways on it. And so um, we still have this wonderful asset, if you will, that was blessed to us. But I just want to ask you, by faith, if you could say, man, by faith, Lord, I just thank you, Lord God, that that house is sold for a good, fair price. When that house is sold, 10% of that will go to missions. If, it's, if it was $2 million, 200000 would go to missions right away to help out with a Bible college in one area and, a, and a, a church in another area of the world. And so that would go immediately to that. But then we would have the resources so that when we start a building project, um, we would be 80% finished before we even started. So we would be, we'd be, at $5 million, we'd have almost $4 million raised before we started the project. And then the project would take a year to build, but by the end of the year, I've got faith that we could be zeroed out right when we move in on the day that we move in that we could be zeroed out. Give me, a, give me a, at least a, a faith applause, all right? But it's having the gift of faith and saying, God, I believe. Say, I have to have the gift of faith because I go like, God, with, it's impossible. Do you know, last year, and I'm, man, I got to finish up. But what's 10 after? I'm not doing too bad. I'll, I'll finish up. But last year, God helped us in missions giving here at Harvest Church in a year of pandemic. We had one of the best years of missions giving we ever had. We gave right around $619,000 to missions. You helped to do that. And, and out of 400 and 455 churches in our district, uh, Harvest Church came in second place out of 455 other churches. That's pretty good. In the country, in the top 100 churches, I think we were somewhere around like the 40 or 50th out of 11,000 churches. So to, to God be the glory. In other words, it's not about us. It's about God in a local church. Um, I've always wanted to be in the hunt. If we were going to be a missions-giving church, did I want to be up there on that list? Did I want to be in the, in the hunt with a, a leading church in, in, in missions-giving? And, and the answer is yes. Um, but not for our glory, but for the glory of God. And, and um, anyway, last year too, I was walking by some 
homeless camps and, uh, and by driving by them. And the, as you know, during Christmas, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, you need to do something to help out the homeless people. I mean, everyone's helping out the homeless, but you need to do something. And I said, okay, we will, we will. And I said, I'm going to send each one of these ministries, Elk Grove Food Bank, we'll send them some money and we'll send loaves and fishes some money and we'll send Union Gospel Mission some, some money. We'll send them $1,000 each. And I thought God would let me off the hook with that. And, and, and he's, no, no, that's not what I'm talking about. You can do that, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to send them $10,000 each. So it'd be $30,000. So in the next three or four weeks, we just put that out on Facebook and... and, and uh, <laughs> We just put that out, made people aware of it. And you know, within about three or four weeks, all of that came in, the $30,000 and more came in, and we were able to send that all out. Now watch what happens though. We sent that out, but God says this, when you give to the poor, you lend to the Lord and God will repay you. And, and I preach that and we talk about it and it's true, but then here just a few months later, someone walks up. I mean, was it just not even a big deal? just called and said, you know, I just feel like God's telling me to give you our house. We have two houses we're selling, and I want you to have one of them for the church. And, and, they, and, and, and there it was, praise God. And then I, I knew right there, while wow, God, you just did another end run around. Your people have been generous. Church has been generous. And what did you do? I got your back. I'm going to bless you, but I'm going to bless you in, in, in great ways as well. Can I, can I go? In other words, God says, I will repay. And so, but it's having faith for that. So I guess what to make Make this point short. Um, let me ask you again this week, if you, if you just put up a prayer, because I'm, I'm, I'm doing it alone right now, and the Holy Spirit prompted me and said, they need to know what you know. Let the people know what you know. First of all, it's a huge blessing just to receive that blessing, right? And then there's a buyer somewhere out there might be sitting in church here this morning. That's why I'm supposed to say it, you know. Maybe somebody wants to buy this, you know, just contact me, and we'll take you right out there, and you can buy it this week. Praise God. <laughs> but... um. Let's just pray. Father in heaven, I just pray right now. Thank you, Lord, for the good gifts. You've always been so good to us, and you've helped us all these years, Lord God. And, uh, Lord, I just pray right now that you'd help us to, to uh, a buyer come in our way, Lord God, that we, they could afford this house and buy it. It'd be a good for everyone. And, Lord, we just pray it in the name of Jesus. And then, Lord God, too, for uh, the plans for the future, Lord God, for just making more room for uh, more people to minister to, Lord, that uh, would really help to cap off this campus with a great building that could just be so useful. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you'd help us with that too as well. And we just pray it in your holy name. And all of God's people said amen. 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 And if you'll just keep that in prayer, I'd sure appreciate it. Now, number four is the gift of healing. Praise God. The gift of healing. Um, the gift of healing is a wonderful gift to use and it demonstrates God's healing power to, cu to cure a person who's ill, who's wounded or suffering. Now we pray for healing, but there's some individuals that have a gift of healing and they can pray for certain diseases. They say, man, God just really helped me to have. There is like one person I remember that was here at Harvest Church. They just had a, had a gift to pray for, for moms that could not conceive and, and their own children. And this evangelist came in, I swear, after she was here, we had two ladies that were barren. What I'm saying is they were not able to conceive, and within the next six months, they had children on the way. And I'm saying that's a gift of healing. Praise God. So, uh, so that's like a gift of healing. And, and, and I, I remember the church has been praying for Glenn Berto, our a fellow pastor down in... Uh, uh, 
Modesto, California at the house church. Glenn, a year and a half ago, died eight times in November. He died eight times. He was gone. I even wept when I prayed for him uh, after he had gone into the emergency room. He had machines just all over the place. And he died eight times. They were just going to leave him, leave him go. He was too far gone, and his brain was going to be damaged. But God intervened and saved his life, and he's preaching the gospel today. Can I get one to say amen? So that's a gift of healing. The Bible says this, the prayer offered in faith will make a sick person well. The Lord will raise him up, and if he's committed any sins, they'll be forgiven. Number five here this morning is the gift of miracles. Say it with me, miracles. So you've got the gift of healing, but also the gift of miracles. What is that? A gift of miracles is a kind of a higher step up. It's something like, well, that just can't happen. It's like raising a person from the dead, uh, healing a blind man, or healing a, a withered hand or a lame person. It's like, wow, that's a miraculous thing. But God has these extraordinary power through people that people can be healed. And in fact, in, in the book of Acts, uh, the apostle Paul was going out, and the Bible says this, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul. Say it with me this morning, extraordinary miracles. So that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had been touched were taken to the sick and their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. But he would, Paul had so much power on his person that the, the people that couldn't get to him, they said, just send over a handkerchief. If, he, if Paul just touched a handkerchief, just bring it back here and we'll be healed. And they were healed. Sometimes from their shadow and sometimes from a handkerchief. How many know that that's big time power, amen? So I remember once when I was a little kid. Are you still with me? Am I, am I tracking with you okay? Y'all right? Okay, I don't want, to, I don't want anyone to you know, get tired this morning. You have, I'm going to give you tomorrow off, okay? So we can honor all of our uh, Memorial Day. Um, I remember once when I was a little kid in North Dakota, uh, we spent 14 years there. Although we were from Minnesota, we moved to North Dakota, and we, we were in that great state with wonderful people. They, not many people there. There's more people in Sacramento than there are in the whole state of, of, of North Dakota. But anyway, uh, little farm town. But I remember we were having these great meetings at church every Sunday night. Holy Ghost would move. We were praying through. We called it praying through. And you just praying through until the glory fell down. Man, there was a lady that was sick in our church. Her name was Mrs. Buer. B-J-U-R, Buer. And, and, and she lived out on a farm. She couldn't get to church because she was too sick. But I remember they had faith back then, and she sent in a hanky. And she sent in a hanky to the church meeting that night. She said, whoever's preaching that night, would you just take this hanky and just pray over it? I can't get to church. I'm so sick. I can't get to church. And she was sick almost unto death. They prayed over that hanky and brought it back to the farmhouse and put it on her. And I'll tell you what, within days, she was completely healed and is alive even today in the name of Jesus. I'm talking about the power of God. I had a lady come up to me in, when I was pastoring in Michigan, and, and, and an elderly lady came up to me, and she said, uh, by elderly, uh, that's justifiable, whatever that means. <laughs> but anyway, um, a lady came up to me 
after service and she said, Pastor Perry, my mom can't read anymore. And her mom was elderly. She said, she's, but she loves to read. And she just can't read anymore. She did, but she loves to read. Would, would you just pray? She can't come to church either. Would you just pray over that? She gave me a tissue to pray over. And I, I don't solicit this at all. People just had been reading their Bible and they, it wasn't like, I, I never announced it. If come to church this, with your hankies next week. or No, they, they just said, well, there's a verse in the Bible that talked about Paul. Would you just pray over this? piece of tissue with her, you know, a, you know, a Kleenex. So I, I was at, after church, we just prayed over that thing. I just prayed for her mom and everything. She took that tissue and she tucked it under her pillow, in between the pillow, and she'd sleep on that pillow. And she said she started reading the next week. Praise God. She said she just went back to her reading. I don't know how all of this works, everyone, but I know that God gives us power. Can I get a witness? Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So, That's the gift of miracles. Here's the next one, the gift of prophecy. And this is the most desirable gift that there is, is the gift of prophecy. Everyone say it, prophecy. And prophecy has to do with either foretelling or forthtelling, but it mostly has to do with forthtelling of the Word of God. In other words, speaking forth the Word of God in a way that communicates effectively, all right? A lot of people think all prophecy is just predicting the future. No, no, that's a small part of it. But the big part of it is forthtelling. Preaching with power is prophecy. And so the Bible says this, follow the way of love. Say with me, the way of love. And that's a whole another thing. Paul says, I show you a better way, and the better way is the way of love. Follow the way of love. Eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. Eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Say it with me this morning, especially prophecy. All right. So, but the one who prophesies speak to, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. We call it exhortation, edification, and comfort the gift of prophecy. Praise God. Hey, everyone, look at me right now. So many of you are prophets. I'm talking about so many of you have this gift of prophecy because you speak the word. I'm talking about the word comes out of your mouth and you speak instead of just giving people your own human reasoning, you give them the word of God. And that's prophesying the word of God. It's a gift that God gives you. And he's saying if all the gifts of the nine gifts, if you're going to just pick one, pick prophecy. And that's speaking forth the word of God. You, are you saying to me, Pastor Perry, you mean I can be, uh, have the gift of prophecy? Yes. It's just communicating and speaking forth the gospel in faith and communicating in a more effective way in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. And then number seven is the gift of discerning spirits. Discerning spirits. Say it with me this morning, discerning spirits. And, and this is a gift to recognize whether or not something is truly from God or in accordance to righteousness. It's called the discerning of spirits. And, and follow this. Do you remember Solomon in the Bible? He followed David, his father. David was King David, but then he had Solomon. And then Solomon's going to become the king after David. How many of you remember that, right? And then Solomon's going to be the king for 40 years. And he builds a temple, Solomon's temple and all of that, you know, does a whole thing, 40 years. But when he is... Uh, brought and he knows that he's going to be the next king he's tossing and turning at night how many of you ever had some tossing and turning at night going on you're either going to get promoted or you're going to get now here here Solomon's getting he's promoted and he's tossing and turning at night but then he says he just knows I'm going to become the next king but I don't feel up for this job and all of a sudden God speaks to him and says God says ask 
Just ask me, what do you want? And he said this, you know, he said, he says, do you want riches and honor? What do you want? He says, no, I want wisdom and I want discernment. He says, I want discernment. And, and God says this, this just pleased God because he says, I'm not only going to give you riches and honor, I'm going to give you discernment and wisdom, but I'm going to give you riches and honor as well. And, 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 and uh, Solomon turns out to be the wisest king who ever walked the earth and also the richest king who ever walked the earth at all just because he prayed for a discerning spirit. And to have a discerning spirit, I'm talking about to be able to say, God, man, that's not right, but God, that is right. Have you ever been listening to a sermon and you go like, well, something's not right about that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, get, that, I get that from time to time right here at Harvest Church. And, uh, and if you ever get that about me, just send a note, okay? Just send a note because you might be right. You know what I'm saying? I'm just talking about just send me, well, I shouldn't be asking for all those notes, but anyway. <laughs> my, but hey, I'll read them, man. Because you know what I'm saying is, I'll, I'll get insights from the Word of God. I just want to be lock on on the Word of God. I'm talking about, in other words, not varying from what the Word of God really means and what it says, right? The discerning of spirits. And so um, uh, that's an important gift to have. God, just give me discernment. I pray it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Okay, number eight is the gift of tongues. And tongues especially came forth on the day of Pentecost to begin to speak in tongues and everybody could hear in their own language them praising God. But watch this on the gift of tongues. By the way, the gift of tongues is still for today. I had a brother come to me after service this morning, uh, an African brother that came up to me with tears in his eyes, and he says, I was always told that, you know, that 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 part of the Bible isn't for today, and it all ended with apostolic cessation and all of that stuff. But I'm telling you what, even Paul said this, I speak in tongues more than you all. But in the church, I'd rather prophesy so that everybody can understand. But when you speak to tongue in tongues, you'd edify yourself. But when you prophesy in a language that everybody can understand, now you edify the whole body. The whole body prophets. But when you speak in tongues, you profit. But how many of you need to profit every now and then? So in other words, when you pray, pray with your understanding and pray in the Spirit. When you're praying in the Spirit, you will profit. Somebody around you might not profit because they don't understand, but you will profit. But it's saying in the church, speak in a language that everyone can understand so that everybody can be edified, all right? Watch this in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 4. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. So if you speak in a tongue, you edify yourself, and you need to be edified. Uh, uh, and, and so in your prayer time, prayer language, and so forth, edify yourself, but... In the church, he said, I'd rather that you speak five words in a known language than 10,000 in an unknown language so that everybody can be edified. And then we have the gift of interpreting tongues, and this gift is interpret a different language and translate it to the other. So you have tongues followed by interpretation. But Paul is saying this, in the church, I'd rather that you just prophesy right from the get-go, that you'd prophesy in a language that everybody can understand. But tongues and interpretation are also made place for as well, all right? Okay, now let's cap it off, and, and we're here. Uh, what then shall we say, brothers and sisters, when you come together, each of you have a hymn or a word of instruction or revelation, a tongue or interpretation? He's saying, let everything be done decently in order. But he says this, everything must be done so the church may be built up. All of these gifts, everyone, not for us, but for others, God working through us so that others can be blessed. If you receive that, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise, all right? Would you do that, amen? All right, most done. So what should I do? Here's what, here's what we should do. Coming out of this message, what we've heard, here's what, what, what we should do. Everybody, I, some of you are like getting, making me nervous. 
So, uh, <laughs> because I'm just like you. It's like, okay, I'm a little tired this morning, whatever. I don't know. I don't want to be, I, you know, I, I want to make sure I'm connecting with you, all right? So I want to I just ask you to just go like this, kind of go like this, kind of go like this, kind of go like this, stretch around. Get some blood back in your brain. All right? Give me five more minutes and we're done. Ooh, they're going to time me right now. I better go. What should I do? Earnestly, first of all, earnestly desire spiritual gifts. Say with me, earnestly desire. And the Bible says, earnestly desire the best gifts. In other words, desire them. You've already been given a gift, but desire spiritual gifts, plural. You might have a gift singular, but God has gifts for you, plural. Pursue love, the Bible says, and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you might prophesy. You know, I once purchased a car about, I don't know, eight, ten years ago, I purchased a car, and I bought it from a friend who had leased it, and so he had had it for three years, and then I bought it from him as a used car, so I just purchased the car that he had been driving, if you follow what I'm saying, but this was the first car that I ever bought that had a satellite radio in it. It had a satellite radio, and I was pretty jazzed about that 10 years ago. That was kind of a cool thing. So I went to turn on the satellite radio, and it did not work. And I, when I turned it on, the subscription thing came out. It had never been activated. So I called them up on the 800 number, and they gave me three months free because it had never been activated on that car. I said, praise God, I'm so glad the previous owner didn't activate it ever, but I'll tell you what, I got it, and it made the car feel that much newer, amen? But here's what I'm saying is, he still enjoyed that car for three years. That car got him from A to B, got him where he needed to go, but he never had the advantage of having satellite radio because he never subscribed to it, and he never activated it. And so it is with the gifts of the Spirit. They're all there for our use. You're still going to go to heaven. You're still, you're saved. You've got the gift of salvation. But now you've got the gifts of the Spirit at your access. But they must be desired. They must be activated. They must be put to use. Amen. For you to realize any benefit and for many other people to be blessed. We all still get to go, man. The car, we're all still on the train to heaven, but some of you have more gifts on that train than others do. And then a lot, a lot of people say, I don't believe in the gifts. Well, that's good. You won't be getting any. <laughs> I don't subscribe to the gifts, right? You don't subscribe, and nor will they be at work in your life. If that's the choice you want to make, but for those things that you have faith for and desire for and say, God, I want this in my life, guess what? He'll say, well, it's just a gift, but you've got to open it up and you've actually got to apply. It's just like the app on our phone. We can have 100 apps on our phone. It started out with about 100 apps, but now Apple, I think, has maybe over a million apps, if you look, but at least hundreds of thousands of apps. But it all started. But none of those apps do you any good unless you open them and unless you subscribe to them, unless you use them. You don't benefit at all unless you use them. Hearing what I'm saying. So, uh, so the gifts, you, I don't believe in the gifts. Yeah, well, then they're not going to work in your life. I don't subscribe to them. Nope, yeah, they ended with the apostles. Okay, well, then they're not going to be active in your life. But God says this, desire the gifts. And the second thing is this. He says, use the gifts of the Spirit that God has given to you. Watch this. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Say it with me this morning. Let us use them. Each of you, now here, and then it says in 1 Peter, each of you should use whatever gifts that you have received to what? To serve others. It's the, the gifts are not about us, they're about others, but what a joy it is to be able to serve others and to bless others. Each one of you should what? Use it. So in other words, we say use it or, or lose it or don't subscribe in the first place, don't even know that they're there, 
earnestly desire the gifts and use them as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various form. Hallelujah. Okay, let me give you... Uh, These are not written in your notes, and I ran out of space in my notes to put these in, Um, but they'll be on your life group notes this next week when we talk about the gifts in our life groups, all right? So we can kind of identify some of the gifts that are already there. First of all, number one, I should have these, but just follow me with them. Number one, search God's word. In other words, what should I do? Helpful steps that you can take. Number one, search God's word about spiritual gifts. In other words, be in the know about spiritual gifts. There's not only nine of them, there's about... 22, 23 spiritual gifts, and I even did a listing of gifts that you'll see in your notes, um, a listing of gifts that'll show you that they're in Romans, you'll put those up on the screen, Romans chapter 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is where we are today, but Romans chapter 12 talks about all these other gifts, Ephesians chapter 4 talks about the apostolic ministry, the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, then you've got 1 Peter chapter 4, serving and teaching, all of these gifts right here. They're all found in these four books are the gifts of the Spirit that are available to you. So I want to just send that home with you today. And then another uh, uh, kind of poorly, the, the clarity isn't very good, but if you look at it with a, you know, with kind of a, um, uh, you know, one of those magnification glass or whatever, you can see all of this stuff when you get home, including all of the scripture references for each one of the gifts that is there, for, against evangelism, prophecy, and so forth, tongues, and all of that. So, number one, search God's word about spiritual gifts. Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the gifts that he's already given to you. Ask him to show you what he's already given to you. Thirdly, ask the Holy Spirit to give you what you might be lacking. Because the word of God says this, I don't want you to lack in any good gift, amen? He says, but you've got to seek. You've got to seek it, and you've got to earnestly desire it. But in other words, you might have just one gift or two, but he says you can have more if you'll just actively seek and desire those. And then ask the Holy Spirit to anoint you as you use the gifts of the Spirit for the glory of Jesus. Hallelujah. In other words, we use the gifts of the Spirit for the common good that everyone will be lifted up and built up. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, when we have a church filled with the Spirit, but also filled with the gifts of the Spirit, I'm talking about the gifts that suit you. It's not going to be everyone. Don't worry. It's not the whole list. It's not. It's whatever the best gifts are for you and the ones that you seek out. But what, it's going to be like popcorn around here as far as serving people, loving people, and, and the presence of God in this place, faith going up, all of that, spirit of giving, spirit of evangelism, all of that, spirit of service, spirit, spirit of administration, and then I didn't even touch on each part of the body that, you know, gets involved in, in being part of the body as well, which is in 1 Corinthians 12 as well. How, just to say, there they are, let's not just look at the gifts Keep them on the shelf. Let's open them up. Let's subscribe to them and let's use them for God's glory. And if you receive this, give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Would you let him out? Thank you. Woo! Stand with me all across the room right now. You've been so great to speak with. And Man, I went long today, but I don't care. I do care. I really... I, I, I was going to tell you before service today, that was... That was that was a soul-feeding word right there. And I preached it so much better in the second service than the first. Man, I feel bad for the first. We pray for the first service. It was so much better the second time around. It's like leftovers. They get better. You put it in the refrigerator and, oh, there's better. That was better. I'm not talking about me. I was just saying, I was just pray for the first service. They'd, but that was, that was good life. Here's why. is because I know the gifts of the Spirit, but now I need to look at them for myself and say, God... What am I missing right now? I mean, it just helps me to relook at this and go like, wait a second, the gifts are there, but I don't think I'm, 
I, I didn't turn, you know, open up the app. I didn't get it open there. And God, you want to bless people around me. What am I missing? What do I want? What do I desire? That's what I want to ask you for. Pray for it. Just earnestly desire the gifts so that we can bless one another. Praise God. So that you have access to those. It's not like, well, I just don't have that gift. Well, if you don't have that gift, then just ask God for it. For instance, I've asked for healing gifts. I, for years, I said, God, I just pray that I could have a gift of healing that so when I pray that people could be well because I run into so many sick people. Here's another one. Here's one that I think that we're weak on right now. I'm just saying this in the church. I think we've gotten weak on it is the gift of evangelism, doing the work of evangelists, all right? Sharing the gospel with others and doing it effectively, and that also involves prophecy because we're speaking forward, but I feel like we've grown weak on that one, and God is going to help us. Just by our realization that we're, going, we're growing weak on it, we say, God, Lord, I just feel like we're weak on, in the area of evangelism, and God, I just pray right now you'd activate us so that we can win our friends and neighbors in a lost world, in a world that has gone uh, without God, secular, in other words, the absence of God in their lives, and some of them are atheists, you know, completely. We, we need, we are the salt and the light with the gifts, people filled with the Spirit, with the gifts at our access. We just need to open them up and use them in the name of Jesus. That got through for the eighth time. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us, Lord. Thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to our hearts. Thank you, Lord God, for this good food that you've put in us today, Lord God, to go on and to grow on. And I pray in the name of Jesus, thank God, just let us um, be filled with your spirit. Let us, Lord God, let those gifts that you've made available to us be accessed, desired, and opened and used. And we just pray in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then this morning, by the way, the greatest gift that you can receive, this is, is the gift of salvation, all right? The gift of salvation. And and so all everyone that's saved, you know what I'm talking about. But if you're standing here today and you say, I've never received Christ as my Savior and my Lord, just pray this prayer with me right now. Because that's the beginning of all of these other gifts is receiving the gift of Jesus, the gift of salvation. Hallelujah. Just pray this prayer with me uh, at home uh, or right here at campus. If you say, I just know I'm away from God. I know that I'm lost. I know that if I were to die today, I wouldn't be in heaven. I need God. I need Jesus to be my Savior. Pray this prayer with me right now. Church family, if you'll join in, but pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you love me, that you've always watched over my life. Right now, Lord Jesus, I open up my heart's door and I ask you to live in me, be my Savior, and be my Lord. Forgive me of all of my sins and give me a new life today. With my mouth, I now confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So Lord Jesus, I believe on you. And I receive you now as my Savior and, your, and my Lord. And I pray in your holy name, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. All across the auditorium right now, if you prayed that prayer with me and you either came back to God or you received Jesus Christ into your life, but you prayed that prayer and you meant it from your heart, I want to just ask you all across the auditorium right now just to lift your hand very quickly so that I can see you. Lift your hand if you prayed that prayer with me right now, right over here, right over here and right over there. Others back there, lift your hand real high. Lift your hand real high so they can see in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Give the Lord great praise in the house. God bless you and welcome to the family of God. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah.
We give you praise. Let me speak. Of, and, and by the way, those of you that received Christ this morning, you prayed the prayer or rededicated your, your life to Christ, let us know in that little note card that's in the that little orange card that's in the seat before you. Just leave it at the, leave it with an usher or leave it at the information desk today. On the very back side of it, it says, I received Christ or I rededicated my life to Christ. Just let us know about your decision so we can continue to encourage you. Hey, everyone, I was coming here this morning. I even said to Barbara, I said, I, I know that I'm going to preach real short today. I'm going to be done by 12 today. I'm just going to be done by 12 today. And it didn't work out that way. It, 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 I'm just going with the flow of God. And you, you've heard me talk about this. You know, if we've got time for six hours on the phone, we've got time for a word from God. And God spoke to us today, and he gave us some life today too. So I bless you. I can't apologize for that, but it's not my aim when I get here. I don't love the sound of my own voice. It's not like I go, like, oh, I just, I just really want to just ramble on. And, and uh, that, that to me just distresses me. But if life is coming out, then we, we, can, we ride that wave together in the name of Jesus. So let's keep on believing in the name of Jesus. Let me speak a blessing of you right now. Father in heaven, I just speak a blessing, Lord God, over your dear people who I love so much. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for growing together. God, I thank you right now that we're not, we're not living where we're at. We're not going to stay where we're at with all that junk, with that bag of sin. Lord, I thank you right now that you're taking us from that to the gifts of the Spirit, to the fruit of the Spirit, to life in the Spirit. God, I thank you that we're on board with you and we're on board with the Spirit. God, continue to have your way in our lives. Continue, Lord God, to let your kingdom come and your will be done. We just prayed in the mighty images. So I speak blessing over your people, your provision over your people, Lord God, your grace and your mercy. And I pray in the mighty images. And then, Lord, we give thanks, Lord God, for all of those that we honor on Monday, Lord, all of the fallen that have given their lives that we might be free. God, we pray a special blessing, Lord God, over the families of all of the fallen. And God, we just pray again. We thank you, Lord God, for the blessings we have in you and the blessings that we have as Americans as well. And we pray it in the mighty name of Jesus. And all of God's people said amen. 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 God bless you. Love you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us once again for this week's sermon podcast. We pray God's blessing on you as you face your day and week ahead. For more videos, messages, and other content, make sure you follow, like, and subscribe to all of our social media accounts on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at GoHarvestEG. And be sure to check out our website at GoHarvest.org for the latest information on events and services. Until next time, stay encouraged and don't miss the opportunity to be a blessing to the world around you. God bless. Thank you.